It's Amy's Table, a girl's guide to living with Amy Tobin on Q102. Pull up a chair and join us. Before becoming a chef, Chef Tony Lynn Dickinson danced professionally with the Alvin Ailey American Dance Theater of New York. And after great success in the performing arts world, she traded the stage for the kitchen and enrolled in the French Culinary Institute. This training led to pastry work in restaurants like River Cafe and Le Cirque and private catering positions with the Italian consulate, as well as her own catering company. And she brings her remarkable teaching skills to the French Culinary Institute's pastry department, where her thoughtful interaction with her students challenges them to think and cook creatively. Tony Lynn, welcome to Amy's Table. Thank you. Good morning. I'm glad to be here. Well, I think this book is so gorgeous. First of all, bread baking seems to scare people. I don't know why. Is it the yeast? It's, bread baking scares people because it, it's a different animal. There's, it's the yeast, it's the mixing, it's the fermentation. How long do you ferment it, ferment it? How long do you proof it? How can you proof it? Should it bake? What's the internal temperature? There's a lot of things that goes along with it. But this book, I have to say, is one book that breaks everything down very, very clearly so you understand all the elements. And it's like any puzzle. Once you get the pieces together and you understand what they are, then you're able to to do something wonderful with them. And this book explains it. Obviously, you know, quick breads are are fairly easy for anybody, you know, grandma's banana Mm -hmm. bread or whatever. Mm -hmm. But for a yeast bread, what would you say would be one of the um, most successful first outings for a novice baker? I think for a novice baker, we have a brioche that I think would absolutely be perfect for them. And just because, that name makes people think, brioche, I could never make brioche. <laughs> yeah, and, and it has that wonderful, wonderful uh, uh, impression in your mind. It's buttery, it's delicious, it's light. But it's really not a difficult bread because it also can be done as, in, in the direct method, which is pretty much everything mixed at once. Ah, oh, that is handy. All of the ingredients except the butter together in the bowl, and then the butter is added at the end. And you just put it in the refrigerator and let it sit for a couple hours if you like, or you can pretty much bake it off within uh, an hour and a half. But it's one of those breads that's light, it's delicious. All you have to do is make little balls with it and put them to the side, cover them, let them proof. Even if you don't have a proofer, you just put a little plastic paper or plastic across the top in a warm atmosphere. 76 degrees is perfect. And then just let it proof a little egg wash, and bake it off, and you are eating your way to heaven. Mm, oh, that mm. sounds so good. Now, you say something interesting, Tony Lynn, is you, you talk about after the bread is baked. You can, you know, bake it now, bake it later. That part's casual. But the beginning, when we're actually putting the dough together, I guess is it critical that they're accurate with their measurements? Is that the most important part? When Whenever you're dealing with bread, it is very important to be accurate with your measurements. Your water needs to be accurate for the hydration. Without proper hydration, you can't have gluten development, the kind that's required. Mm -hmm. But this brioche is an enriched bread, and an enriched bread is any bread that contains eggs, butter, milk. And this bread contains those things, so it makes it a little bit easier. You can fudge it just a little bit, but for most breads, especially the lean breads, you need to be very accurate. But for the first-time person, making a brioche, would I would say, would be the wonderful one to do. Oh, I love that. you can have a little bit more of a leeway with your moisture. You can, you can feel it. You can see it. You can pop a little bit more flour in there if it seems a little too wet. 
or put a little bit more liquid in there if it seems a little bit too dry without worrying about destroying the structure or undermining any gluten development. You know what I love about brioche, too, is not only is it so delicious right out of the oven, but then how about for French toast or bread oh. pudding? Or <laughs> Oh, brioche can be used also for things like tarts. You can use that dough and, and put it in a tart shell and let it proof and then put fresh fruit um, and uh, curds on top of it and bake that as well, or custards with pastry cream and a little bit of cookie crumbs and fresh plums and apricots or peaches, and bake that off and have a fresh fruit tart as well. Mm. You can slice it and put pastry cream in it and cover it with meringue and have another kind of dessert. Mm. Rioche has a variety of things you can do with it. So that's why I think it's a really good bread for first starters, because not only after it's baked, if you don't want to eat the whole thing, you can also use it for something else later on. Oh, so smart, so smart. If you're just joining us, we're speaking with Chef Tony Lynn Dickinson about the fundamental techniques of classic bread baking, the latest book from the French Culinary Institute. And so brioche, we can all do it. We can do it. And there's a recipe for it in the book. But there's something that might be, I don't know if it's more advanced, but certainly perfect for the season. And that's the Italian panettone. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, that's a really, that's a a bread that's similar to the brioche. Um, There's a little story that goes along with it. Uh, It was uh, thought that there was a uh, young woman who fell in love with a uh, a nobleman and could not afford because her dowry wasn't large enough. And uh, her father came up with this bread. So it was called Panditonio, but somehow through time turned into Panatone. That's, that's the history of it. But his bread was so famous that, of course, she had a wonderful dowry and they lived happily ever after. But there with this bread, it's a, it's a nice soft bread. It has a similar quality to the brioche. Um, it very good for somebody who doesn't have a very strong mixer or professional mixer because you don't have to have a lot of gluten development. It's a little bit looser than some of the other breads. And what you can put in it are raisins or cranberries, uh, currants, uh, dates, a little bit of chopped candied um, orange peel or lemon peel inside. And then what's great about it is it proofs right inside the mold. So you can purchase little paper molds and proof it right inside and bake it. Um, it's wonderful for the holidays, great in the morning for coffee, uh, a tea, and you could also produce them in small molds for Christmas presents. They're great to hand out as Christmas presents. Oh, uh, everybody would be... sugar on top, you're, you're set. Oh, everybody would be so happy to get one of these. The picture is so gorgeous. All of the pictures in the book are so gorgeous. But truly, your friends would be very impressed with one of these for a holiday gift. They certainly would. They'd probably be asking you for the recipe. That's right. That's right. Well, so, you know, leave us today with just a few bread baking tips in general, maybe some troubleshooting. You know, I know people, for example, when they want to make pizza dough, they feel like they can't get that great pizzeria quality. Any tips there? I think what people need to remember is that uh, with bread, when you're handling bread or you're making bread, you know, sometimes your body, you, you sometimes have to let your natural uh, um, knowledge or, or taste for food come through. When you're making your, your pizza dough, you want to make sure that you have a structure, what's called a gluten window. So when you're mixing it, whether you're mixing it by hand or by machine, you want to be able to pick that dough up and stretch it kind of gently without poking your fingers through it, but just stretch it gently with the tips of your fingers. And if it gets very, very thin, you can see that it's a webbing and press it lightly. If, you, if it resists breaking, then you know your gluten structure is good. 
So if it's breaking too quickly um, and you're mixing it by hand, then it means you need to mix it a little bit more. If you're mixing it by, by machine and you've mixed it for, you know, uh, say seven minutes and it's still not getting a window, it may mean that it's a little too dry or you could have overmixed it. The machine works a little, is a little harder on it. But you really want to watch for your moisture content and, and make sure that it's hydrated well. And that's something to do in the very beginning. And there's a, a term called auto-lease, which is to put water with the flour um, and just let it sit for 10 minutes uh, covered. And what happens, you take the water and the flour, you mix it gently together to create like a shaggy consistency, mm-hmm. and then you let it sit for 10 minutes. What happens is flour and water once they get together, they naturally develop what's called gluten. So leaving it there for 10 minutes, it does it by itself, which means you're having gluten development without having to actually mix. So you let that sit for 10 minutes, and then you come with your hands, and you gently mix. And when people are making bread, they have a tendency to think that they have to push really hard with the bread. It's just a matter of pushing it back and forth. You don't have to tire yourself out too much. Once you've developed and gotten that gluten window, let it rest. Let the glutens relax. It's like a muscle. So you want to let it relax so that it can stretch again later. So that, that rest period is really important, and making sure that it's covered so it doesn't dry out is also important. Then when you're going to make your pizza dough, roll it as thin as you possibly can. If you like it like an Italian style or the, the I think it's the Roman style, what do they call those? Yeah. Sicilian. When it's very, very thick, you can roll that have it about a quarter of an inch or a half an inch thick. That's going to proof up very high. So if you're looking for a thin crust, you really have to roll your dough a little thinner because the yeast is going to continue to work. It's going to create the carbon dioxide, and it's going to get air, and that's going to make it expand. And when it goes in the oven, it's going to expand even further. So if you love a thin crust, then you have to go with a little bit of a thinner layer. Well, we're going to put a link uh, to all of your information on amystable.com. But again, the book is The Fundamental Techniques of Classic Bread Baking from the French Culinary Institute. And Chef Tony Lynn Dickinson, you have been so informative. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. Stick around for another helping from Amy's Table on Q102. Q! You want to